What up, Long Beach? Five are alive in the CIF Southern Section football playoffs. That's right, five Long Beach High School football teams across four different divisions. That's Long Beach, Poly, Millican, Lakewood, Jordan, and St. Anthony start the journey this week that will hopefully end in them putting a plaque in the air. This is the 562.org. I'm JJ. He's Mike. He's Tyler. We've got ourselves and our freelancers, and our photographers all out at games on Friday. We're going to run them down real quick for you. Please get involved on social media. Let us know what you think is going to happen in these games because we have a pretty good idea of what we think is going to happen only because we've been with these teams all season long and beyond. we got to start Division Two, Long Beach Poly. Mike, they're taking on Vista. And i got to ask you, do you think that the closer games this year in the Moore League for Long Beach Poly, I'm looking at the Milliken games in sp- uh, specifically, do you think that pre- better prepares them for the playoffs after years of just running roughshod over this league before having to then go into the postseason? I think the Moore League getting better is better for every school in the Moore League. I think the fact that if you look at the divisions that the Moore League schools are in this year, you're looking at D2, 3, and 7, as opposed to schools making it in the D12 bracket, the D11 bracket. Um, You can see that, you know, and there's no doubt that, you know, that game against Milliken was a great game for Polly. The game against Lakewood, having to do more game planning, having to be in more playoff scenarios, because then they get to the end of the schedule for Compton and Cabrillo, and head coach Stephen Barbie is telling his team, you're preparing for the Division One playoffs. In those games, you start to go back to the way it used to be, where the coach is having to convince them of that. The coach is having to, you know, they're having to imagine that it's Division One competition. The Milliken and the Lakewood and the Jordan games, you're legitimately preparing against college-ready talent. Um, and I think that there's no question that's made them better um, and also, let's be completely honest, the fact that they're in Division Two also greatly increases their chances of a championship run. So, <laughs> Yeah, you got to tank for two, right? It's, it's a little bit of that. Um, Which they didn't, but... <laughs> maybe others in that bracket did, but not them. Rancho Cucamonga, salute. You know, lost an unexpected game uh, to Damien in the last week of the season. And, uh, you know, they, they, they took one for all the public schools. Rancho number one, Polly number two in that Division two bracket. Do you guys see a, t- a guy on that uh, Polly team? I've only gotten to cover them once this year. You guys have gotten to cover them multiple times. Have you see- Do you see a guy on that team that's going to be the dude in the playoffs that kind of that can take over a moment? Is there a moment stealer on this squad? I just think Darius Curry is one of the most special players we've covered um, in high school. You know, what he's done the last two years has been spectacular. He's been playing hurt for a good chunk of this year, and his numbers have not really taken much of a dip. Um, I think he's a special leader. I think he's a special player. And he is by far, like, he was the kid I was thinking of when they were on that D1-2 bubble, was I don't think it would be fair to this kid to send him to go play Bosco in the second round. Like this kid deserves a chance to play other good high school football teams, but that are at his team's level and to have a chance to have those moments. And um, yeah, he's absolutely fits the model of what you're just talking about for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Mike. And it, it's hard to think of a quarterback in recent memory you'd want with the ball in their hands in crunch time more than Darius Curry. I mean, he's kind of proved it you know, season on season at this point, you think of, you know, the performance he had at Mission Viejo last season, uh, which was a huge win for the Jackrabbits. And then this year, 
you know, in that fourth quarter against Mission Viejo again. That was definitely a playoff atmosphere. Drove him down, won the game. And then they needed him in that Milliken game going into overtime. And you just trust that he's going to make the right decision with the ball in his hands. And he's just, like you said, he's he's talented. That team really trusts him as well they should. Uh, also got to give a shout out to Noodles as well, Joshua Kaysen, because uh, he could make a play on defense and he could make a play running the ball. And you just feel like if Polly needs a yard, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need uh, you're gonna need some union contractors to build a brick wall to keep noodles from getting that yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, those are kind of the guys you rock with, and it's nice when you have them one at the middle of your defense, and then the other obviously running the show on offense. So quite a luxury for Stephen Barbie and company. Can I throw a quick stat of Basio at you guys? Let's uh, get it. Our, 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 our guy, EPJ, a uh, great reporter in the Inland Empire, uh, put together a stat that I thought was incredible about how good the competitive equity playoffs have been. What seed number do you think has won the most CIF championships under the newest format across all divisions? I'm going to guess Ooh. two. Second seed. Yeah, I'll, I'll Ty- say the Tyler's four, the thinking f- hard. Four? I'll say the four seed. It's the 11th seed. No. <laughs> No. Number one, the number one seed across all divisions in three years has won, I believe, five CIF championships. This is not, not counting division one. Is that five good? Five CIF championships. And that includes Polly's in D1. Is that good? I think it's good in that you're creating pools of 16 teams who deserve to be in the playoffs. Okay. And they all have a chance to win a championship. I, yeah, that's I, I think it's good in that regard. But it does, it does make the am I number 16 in division two or number one in division three it probably makes it mean less especially when you go from division three down well in that case then you really can't hate a Rancho Cucamonga for doing what they did because if because if that's the case hey they weren't gonna win division one they weren't gonna win division one so (laughs) what's the scout what's the scout on Vista um you know they're uh I I they're a, a big up front um, you know, they do have some skills. I think obviously Polly's got a, a better collection of skill guys. I think the question for Polly all year long has been the offensive line. If the offensive line is going to be good enough to establish the run, or if they're just fully relying on Darius Curry to sit back and, and, uh, and pick them apart. But the games where they've struggled offensively are the games where they had to pass and they struggled to protect Darius. So I think that's, that, that really will decide the game. That will decide whether it's a close game or potentially, you know, sort of an easier Polly win. So that's going to be at Veterans Memorial Stadium Friday, 7 p.m., Mike? Yep. Milliken is going to be in Division Three. They are visiting Vista, v- Villa Park. Excuse me. Uh, Villa Park, actually not that far away. It's just on the other side of Disneyland. I used to cover games there when I worked for another newspaper that's in a place. Uh, Milliken. Different county. Different, <laughs> different county. Different place. Uh, JJ, I should point out, that's going to be at uh, El Modena High School at Fred Kelly Stadium. They kind of share that facility. So that's Fred where the Kelly, Milliken Fred Kelly, be. absolutely lovely facility, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, I've been there. Absolutely nice. lovely. So, uh, Tyler, you went out to practice. How are the Rams feeling this week? Uh, they're feeling good. You know, it's it's been a month since they've really kind of you know, played a competitive game, and that was that poly game. Obviously, they were... Oh, ex- welcome to the Moore League. <laughs> hey, welcome to the upper echelon. I mean, they have moved up every year in the playoffs. They were um, at previously, I think, Division 7 or 8. And then since Romeo Pelham's been there, they've been Division 6, they've been Division 4, and now they're Division 3. And it feels like they're not, you know, out ahead of their skis by any means. Um, you know, it's going to be a competitive bracket. Yeah. Can I throw this crazy stat out there? If Polly doesn't win this year and Milliken does win, Milliken would have the CIF championship in the highest division of any more league school since this uh, new format started. Because right. when Polly won it, they were in D four. 
Right. So um, they're definitely feeling good about the way that they've kind of handled business. And, you know, it's interesting because you might look at this matchup and be a little bit worried because they're playing a Villa Park team that is big up front that likes to run the football. But this Milliken team isn't backing down from that. And I think that's been the biggest area of improvement for them um, year on year is they're not going to look at a team that's going to run the ball and be worried about it. They're going to embrace that challenge and, and trust their defense. You know, they're talking defense wins championships, and that has not been the moniker, you know, or, or the, the rallying cry at Milliken. They've been talking about, you know, we're going to put up points. We're going to try to outscore you. We have all these weapons. But I, I think they're just so much more balanced of a team, and they've gotten so much better. I think – one of the interesting things when the bracket came out is this this Villa Park team beat Upland and Upland beat Milliken. But that was in the non-league season, and I think so much has changed. And just us with our eyeballs watching this team, this Milliken team is so much better than the team that went 2-2 two and two in the non-league. And so now they get a chance to go out and really prove it. Speaking of better, do you think this is the best defensive seven, front seven, that the, that Milliken has had with Tuggle and Robinson and Stephanie? Um, they've had some really good front sevens, but I think all in all, I think this might be their best one. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that. And they're so experienced. You know, there's just very senior heavy. Um, they've got they've got some size and they've got play, guys that have played a lot of football. Um, they're athletic. They're physical. Um, they work really well together. So yeah, I absolutely think this is the best front seven that they've had. And then they also have a pretty damn good secondary because you've got, you know, a couple D1 guys and Ryan Pelham and uh, Loyal Muzan. And then you've also got, you know, really, really solid players that will also probably play in college. Guys like Kyle Parker, Ricky Cherry. Uh, we've seen EJ Enriquez come in and make plays. So yeah, this Milliken defense is definitely a step up. And that's what's made the difference. Along with, I got to shout out uh, JP Mielowski at quarterback. I was talking to him when I was out at practice is letting him know like hey man you've really improved you know you've you've gotten a lot better throughout the season and I think we really saw it in that poly game um, because he had to play well to keep them in that football game and he definitely did uh, protected the football made some big throws and uh, you know Milliken's got to be feeling like they can beat any team in this division three bracket assuming they come out and play well also not to be forgotten at, at all in all playoffs especially these ones special teams Special teams is going to come and be a factor this year. It does every year in the postseason. It's part of the reason why Milliken wasn't able to advance last year. And that is not lost on a guy like kicker Jaden Cassiano. You can read a feature about him at 562.org right now. Like that loss to Cyprus weighed on him and made him drive himself into being the kicker he is today. And then, of course, I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Ryan Pelham. He's pretty good. He gets back there for kicks, so that just changes the entire game. If Milliken be better, can be better on specials than any of the other teams they play and they can. in this place in this postseason, and they can, I think that increases their chances of winning. If you're doing like an ESPN percentage chances of winning, I think it ticks up at least like 15%. Totally yeah, agree. and I agree with that. And having the best guy on the field, I know we, we say it in basketball is like the most important thing, having the best guy on the floor. But in, in football, it works that way too. It helps in so every So having sport. an All-American, yeah, well, no <laughs> doubt. Um, but yeah, having that All-American is key. And regardless of whether he's got the ball in his hands, you know that Villa Park is going to have a lot of attention on on Ryan Pelham. And, um, you know, it's <laughs> if you try to double or triple cover him – like Loyal's going to get off. You know what I mean? So um, Milliken has the weapons, and I'm sure Villa Park is watching a lot of film, but also uh, hoping that their secondary will hold up just enough because that is an area that Milliken's looking to exploit. We go to Division 7 where we actually have two more league high schools playing. JJ will be at the more League's three-seed Lakewood's road game at Riverside King. 
Jage, uh, I know you've been looking at this matchup. We, we've seen how that Lakewood style of play great defense, run the ball hard, can be successful in the playoffs. Do you think they've got that formula dialed in for this year? I, I don't, but I think that they might be better if that makes any sense, because they don't have to rely on the one thing. I think especially this first uh, week matchup against a King team that is uh, not as good offensively. Their numbers just aren't as good offensively. Uh, They haven't scored as many points, and they really took advantage of playing some bad teams in league to get some big wins that make their stats look a little bit different. But they are good defensively. And so Lakewood's good defensively, King's good defensively, and neither of them run the ball very well. So I think we're going to see a really interesting uh, kind of a longer game where there's more changes of possession and you're kind of battling in that uh, in that field uh, field possession game, you know, going back and forth. Um, But I think the experience from last year for this Lakewood team is going to go a long way because instead of being surprised that their hard work all season is paying off, they're going to expect that their hard work all season has been paying off. And I think they're better positioned to uh, to expect that and play well and then roll that momentum over. You know what I mean? I think they were kind of surprised they made that championship game last year and hosted Northwood. I think that that Rancho Verde game was one of my favorite football games I've ever covered. It was awesome, but it was kind of like, whoa. 100%. Whoa, Lake was in the championship. Whereas this year, if they make a little run, they get a little lucky. A guy like Cade uh, uh, Casillas, their sophomore quarterback, can come alive a little bit. I think that they can expect success and that will make it easier for them a little bit. We go to the other Division 7 game. Jordan is at Chino. Matt Simon will be on that game for us uh, and just send in his preview. It's looking good. Um, I, I think this game comes down to can they successfully feature Jordan Washington enough to win this game? They did get him out of the game a little bit early against Polly to make sure he wasn't too banged up. Obviously tough when you're a team like Jordan, you're getting in as an at-large in a lower division. You want to be as healthy as possible. So it's sort of unfortunate timing for them that they go up against a Polly right before the playoffs start. Um, but that being said, you know, that was the key to their success against Polly. Polly accidentally sends a kickoff to Jordan Washington. He runs it back for a touchdown. Um, I can promise you that there are better athletes on the Polly uh, special teams <laughs> than even though they are at the the one seed in Chino. They're not seeing athletes that they haven't seen at Polly and at Milliken. And so I think that's the key for Jordan is how much of the game can they spend with the ball in Jordan Washington's hands? Yeah, and and we saw that the last time Jordan was in the playoffs and they made a run to the championship game. It was the fact that they had an explosive athlete that no one in their division could counteract. And so I think when you have the fastest kid in the state who's going to Arizona, um, who's a game breaker anytime he has the ball in his hands, you just have to trust that he can play make his way through a game like that. And even if you're going up when you're on the road, far from home against an unbeaten team, you know, you're going to have to, you know, do some things in order to knock them off. But having that sort of ace in the hole of saying, you know, when, (laughs) when in doubt, give it to one and let him run. um, That's uh, that can definitely carry the Panthers through to make a run. Despite the fact that, uh, that they're the bottom seed, as, as we learned earlier in this podcast, doesn't matter. doesn't really matter much. And, and yeah. as you can hear in our voices, we think all of those teams definitely have a chance to win coming out of the Moore League. That was very competitive this year. But if I were a betting man, which I am, and I would be betting on high school football, which I don't, I would bet that of our teams, St. Anthony in Division 8 probably has the best chance to make a run because of the way they play football. And they've got a coach named Raul Lara who knows how to win in the playoffs. We don't need to go down the list of why both of those things are true. But like, think about this. These are uh, the Lolo Siapua. Just trust us. Just trust us. The Lolo Siapua brothers 
are athletes that teams like to quiz or whoever they're playing in the first round. Taquitos. Uh, Taquitos. Uh, that, that's, that's not what they see regularly, you know what I mean? And this St. Anthony team, as I've seen, and I think we've all been out there to see them play, they're more physical than the teams that they play. And being more physical in the playoffs is always going to get you further, as Polly showed us a few years ago, as Lakewood showed us last year, and as Tyler mentioned, as Jordan showed us a few years ago too. I think the only thing I would point out that I know when I talk to Raul Lara, he's a little concerned about is they have moved up quite a bit in divisions. They were a division eleven or ten the last time they made the championship, and they're now up in uh, they're now up in division eight. And he said, looking at the film, he said this Takeets team is physical, you know, and and so that to, he was a little surprised at the way that it stepped up. But look back at Lakewood last year; they played a Hemet team very late. Do you think that St. Anthony team couldn't beat that Hemet team that we covered last year, Lakewood? I think I think St. Anthony wins that game against that Hemet team. So that was Division Eight last year. For sure. No, I totally agree with you. And that, that's what I said to Lara. I said, look, you've got the formula dialed in. And he said, it's been the same formula my entire career. I want to run the ball. I want to play great defense. I want to control the clock, control the game. I think that they absolutely now the now the downside of that, and it was the same downside actually at Poly, is it could be at St. Anthony. It's just a lower margin of error. There just is, you know, if you're trying, if you're trying to win a game 21 to 10, if they pop a pick six or a kickoff return for a touchdown, that changes your math in that game. So it is lower margin of, of, uh, of error, but also he's familiar with it. He's clearly built this team in his image of the style of football that he likes. And I agree with you that I think they're going to be ready to go for Friday night. So Friday night, you got to be at a game. Obviously, the home games are going to be Polly and St. Anthony with everybody else on the road, but you can follow us on the 562.org through our Twitter account where you will see all of the updated scores. Obviously, we're going to have photos and video where we can get it. And then that night, get to the website because we will be gradually putting up all the coverage from all those games, breaking down what happened and what is going to happen within the next few weeks where we hope we just get more football. I mean, who doesn't want more high school football, for goodness sakes? Tyler, can you tell them how to help the 562? Yeah, it's pretty simple, guys. We may, we tried to make it as easy as possible for our readers to show us love. So if you go to the 562.org, anytime you're on any story that we do, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a yellow or gold button that says subscribe to the 562. So you can click that button. It'll take you to bring up our Give Butter page. You can become a monthly subscriber, a quarterly subscriber. You can give once a year or... If you only want to give one time, we have options for that too. Just hit the subscribe button on the website. You can hit the support tab on the website. There's links everywhere, all over the place, how you can support us. And really, it's going to go back to more coverage. You know, the one thing we hear is that we wish you were at more games or, oh, did you get photos from this event? We would be more than happy to give full coverage of all these playoff games. It just takes money. If we got you know, 500 subscribers overnight, we could be talking about growing our staff, we could be talking about really, really blanketing the city with coverage, but it just takes support from the community. And of course, any donation that you make to the 562 is fully tax deductible. So make sure you get that in, especially as the end of the year is coming up. If you need to offset some, uh, some tax liabilities, look no further than the 562, your nonprofit home for Long Beach sports coverage. It's for us, it's by us, and you will see us from the stands this weekend. We love you, Long Beach. Take care.